Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. This week, as always, I am super excited about our guest. We have the lovely Madeline Moon. Madeline Moon is a walking permission slip, embodiment teacher and transformational coach. Her mission is to help women and men unify all pieces, including the feminine with masculine, light with dark, introvert with extrovert and doing with being. Through transformational experiences such as coaching, shadow work, spiritual healing, polarity and feminine and masculine embodiment, Maddie will warmly guide you deeper into your own truth. Her work and story have been featured in hundreds of podcasts as well as various publications such as the Huffington Post, Teen Vogue, Nylon Magazine, The Daily Mail and the list goes on. She's hosted the popular Mind Body Musings podcast for six years, ranking the top 50 of all time in the US and Great Britain in self-improvement. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. So today we have got the beautiful Maddie Mood. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I love your surname too. It's very um, very auspicious, and especially for next Tuesday or new Tuesday in Australia is the new moon in Aries. Yes, it is my last name, my, my legit last name too. My grandpa's George Moon, my dad is Tom Moon, I'm Madeline Moon. <laughs> Everyone thinks that I came up with that last name because a lot of people choose their own last names and it just so happens that was my given last name and I fell into doing the work that I do, which is very much about feminine, which is the moon. So it's pretty cool. I know. I know. So that's how we always love to start the shows. We always love to ask our woman of inspiration, her unique story. So Maddie, tell us what inspired you to do what you do today. Yeah. Okay. So I think the best place to start is always around my youth. Um, I was brought up in a very conservative Christian household. And while that can be a place of thriving and joy and love for some, for me, it was in this, you know, in, in Texas where a lot of people have this exact same mindset and there's a lot of pride in that mindset and it's really rigid. I, I grew up with a lot of boxes. And basically when I was born, 
there was this idea from my family of who I was supposed to be. They already had planned out everything of how Madeline is supposed to be. And being um, someone who really wasn't meant to ever be told what to do. Like I'm a rebel through and through. I was never meant to be told what to do. I struggled a lot in my childhood of feeling like if I made um, certain friends that weren't Christians, then they'd they'd be ripped from me because they would be ripped from me. Um, Or if I was friends with kids who their parents were divorced, I wasn't allowed to be friends with them. Um, if I wore something that wasn't what a good Christian girl would wear, I would be not punished, but, um, I would be taught a, you know, I'd be taught a lesson just like verbally. I don't mean that like taught a lesson, but like they would teach me lessons about how to be a good girl. You don't dress that way to be a good girl. Like you want to be pure. You want to, um, protect, um, protect men from, from sinning. So be a certain way. And, And it was a lot of, pressure and and many things I didn't understand. I I couldn't grasp and concept how am I responsible for another person sinning by, by me existing. And why can't I make, I make friends who look different than me, act different than me, who have parents who may be divorced. Like, why can't I do all these very natural things? And so a lot of times I'd make friends and then they'd be taken from me or I would want to explore a path and it would be shut down immediately or I'd be too passionate about something and that would freak them out. And so they'd have me dim my passion about something. And so I never knew exactly how to please, please people, but I was always trying to, I was on this hamster wheel as a little girl of like pleasing and doing things right. And the way that I coped with that was through OCD and uh, eating disorders and really, really limiting my relationship with anything that felt like nurturing Anything that felt like nurturing, uh, which was like food, you know, rest, uh, ease, patience, calmness, anything that looked like that, I I limited. I had a very bad relationship with with self love, um, with with nourishment, with being easy on myself. Being easy on myself terrified me because I didn't know what that looked like. So getting older, I fell into um, bodybuilding, disordered eating, exercise addiction, and essentially, as I am. Uh, nearing my 30s and I'm looking back, I can see how that was really a method for me to make myself as little as possible emotionally, physically, spiritually, to make myself as little as possible from looking like a feminine, emotional, emoting, chaotic human. I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to be in a box. I wanted to be small. I wanted to be right. I wanted to be good. And so in pursuit of being good, I shut down my emotions. I shut down my creativity. I shut down my inner child, shut down my sexuality and all my chakras got blocked. My intuition got blocked. My ability to simply be was so blocked. And over the course of years, I, my highest self, you know, she won out. She was like, you cannot keep doing this to yourself. You can't be on this um, bodybuilding. This is not your life. Like we're going to nip this in the bud. You are not here to be on a stage being judged by a panel of people and neglecting your body from food. That's not your calling. And that message was hit really hard in my body. And I listened quickly because it was so strong. And that was now, I want to say six, six, seven years ago. Wow. Seven years ago, 
And geez, that's crazy. And, um, after that I went through, I'll make this part short, but I just went through a a series of events of working with teachers, doing trainings, doing deep dives, doing shadow work, ripping my soul apart, opening it up, crying, writhing in pain, letting it being seen, like being the most vulnerable creature I could possibly be with, with facilitators who could hold me in those experiences and diving into poetry and to embodiment, going into my feminine chaos and my masculine consciousness and when I say that, I really mean polar opposites. So maybe it's just my stillness and my movement, my being and my doing, my light and my dark. Really just eating up all of these sensations of being human and feeling. Like that's my, that's what I do today is I help people validate and give themselves full permission for everything. Literally everything. And going into the darkest places is really the way that we do that. Going into the part of us that's really jealous or really angry or full of grief or a bitch or um, like dumb. Like going into those parts of us that we shut off in childhood because we never want to be a bitch. We never want to be dumb. We never want to be lazy. I I help people go into those places, those darker places, because only when you touch that fully are you really truly free and empowered to go into those places of conscious – effort, conscious loving, conscious ease, conscious structure. So embracing the chaos. And I do all of that through podcasting. Like you said, I've had my show six years now, Mind Body Musings and retreats and one-on-one coaching and writing. And that's about it. I'll stop there. Mm, I love it. I I am curious because there was a lot of things that kind of really stood out for me, like pleasing others. It's one of those things, especially women I hear often, uh, self-love and breaking through the feminine. One thing that we love to really unpack, and everyone has their own theory around the shadow work. So when we're going to these dark places, how do we come out of them uh, with the knowledge and bringing light to that shadow aspect of the self. Mm, so the the way that I have learned this through my amazing teachers and um, through studying, and the the way that makes it most fun because I'm also like if like I might sound on this podcast really grounded, but I'm really quite bubbly and goofy. Like goofy is my style. When I get on podcasts, I try to be as clear as possible because it's like the first impression, the first taste, the first touch, touch point with someone. I really want to land home a lesson rather than like, this is who Madeline is. But that said, the way I like to do this is actually through play and through art. I don't necessarily, like I, uh, combining the work around feminine and masculine, if we're going to go deep into our emotion, guess what we need? A really deep, tight container. That's why a lot of people don't go into their emotion fully is because there's no container. For an example, if you go home to your partner and you want to talk about your really bad day, sometimes it's bad for both people if there's no cap on it. Because when our emotions are endless, our explanation of our emotions can be endless too. And that doesn't really serve us. I have had clients who may want to quote vent to me, but vents aren't really helpful. They, they come out whiny. They come out restricted. It's like, I'm trying to express my feelings, but I'm also trying to be nice. So how do I say how I really feel? 
without being like, quote, a bitch. Like, how do I talk? I don't know how, you know, it just goes on for two hours of kind of touching your feeling, but not really because you're venting. That's the beauty of a container of saying, okay, I want to know how bad your day was. Let's do a five minute full on out temper tantrum where you have permission to feel everything you feel, say everything you say, say the profanities, say all the shadow stuff you don't want anyone to think that you would ever say and do it in a container. Like you do that in your bedroom. You have music on, you like scream, you punch your fist. I did it this morning. I was so mad about something. So I gave myself two songs worth to totally go out and full on out, go into the darkness, express it. And then I was done. I touched that emotion fully. I wasn't polite about it. I wasn't tiptoeing around it. I went in super dark and super deep. Things people would not think I would say. And the reason why I can do that is because I know there's an end time to it. We don't want to be like that forever. Like you asked the question, how do we come out of it? We, we schedule coming out of it. We don't make it just this endless, like, I'm having a bad day. Let me let this linger forever and kind of think about it and maybe reach out to a couple friends to text about it too. Not that I'm saying we don't want to reach out to people because we do, but even when we do, it's great to have structure with that. So going back to my example of talking to your partner at home, it would really serve relationships if you're having some kind of stuck emotion, if the other person guided you into a practice. Just saying, simply saying, baby, yeah, I want to hear all about your bad day and I want to do it in the way that's actually going to serve you. So how about we go into the bedroom and you just give me the, your full on temper tantrum. I'll time it, baby. I'll time it two minutes. And you just tell me everything you want to say. I know that is so powerful. It's one of the most life changing practices I've done. And the example I'm giving here is like a bad day in temper tantrum, but you can do the same thing. Going back to the playfulness thing I was saying, with those other sticky points, like creating some sort of poem or creating a little skit, doing a TikTok now. TikTok is like this little app that's making art so accessible for everybody. And if you're feeling lonely, you can create a TikTok out of it where you really go into your loneliness and you do it with a song about loneliness and you just create a little like one minute snippet revealing your pain, combining humor with it and playfulness, creating art out of these shadow aspects. And it actually lights you up. Every time I create art out of something that I once judged, I get so lit up. I'm so proud of my pettiness. I'm laughing at my pettiness. I created a little skit out of my pettiness or my jealousy. It makes these things, it puts these things into perspective and most importantly, on a nervous system level, you have something happening within your body when you're actually able to combine lightness, like laughter around something that you find really scary and daunting, like your inner rage or your inner anger. So there's healing that's done on an embodiment level. Mm, I love that. I love the fact that you've got a playful approach to your shadow side of things. And um, I have to say, I've never come across having a container, which is a time frame. Frame. I mean, I've heard people say you're allowed to get angry for this amount of days. You're allowed to cry for this amount of days, but not not labeled as a container, which I'm a very visual person. So I've got a, um, uh, a very clear vision on that. So how do you know when your shadow is uh, tapping you on the shoulder? What are some of the signs for you? Oh, you're mad at someone. <laughs> you're triggered. Like anytime 
Well, I, yeah, I have an example. I mean, this happened to me um, last night. So it's almost too fresh to go into that one. But I can I can tiptoe around it without going specifically into that because I'm still looking at it. Like instantly now I'm so trained. The minute I feel like, oh, she is so annoying. I know that there's a lesson in that. I always know that. So if I have someone that is making me really, I'm really annoyed with them. And when I say that, I I know that no one can make you feel annoyed. Let's rephrase that. I feel annoyed at someone for doing something. I look at what they're doing, whatever that thing they're doing is, and I feel triggered by, that's my shadow. So um, let's say someone, I don't know. I'm just going to give out some random examples here. Let's say that um, this, this might be one that a lot of women can relate to. Someone's really upfront about what they want. You know, I want, I, I, I want that. I really want that. I want that job. I want that man. I want that. Uh, I want that respect. I'm going to speak up for myself. I'm going to write an email without exclamation points. That's a big one. Like women, uh, the exclamation point was actually created for women fun fact, uh, to lighten the mood, to lighten things up, to be perky, to like express the way that we were supposed to be really lighthearted, really sweet and kind. And so when, when women do not use an exclamation point and they write emails with periods, it's a lot different than when a man writes an email with periods. It feels bossy. Um, and using that word I've brought up several times, it may feel bitchy. Um, and this is something that's been, I think, gradually shifting over the past three years. People have woken up to this of it's okay to write an email with a period and ask for what you want and be straightforward and give a deadline. But some people are still very much catching up with that. And let's say you're new to this. You're new to this dynamic of women having to soften emails and you receive an email from someone and it's full of periods, no happy, smiley faces, and you feel triggered by it. And you're like, why would she, why would she be so straightforward? That's so mean. Why is she like that? I mean, there's, there's a shadow within that for that person. If they felt triggered by that, their shadow is the part of them that's straightforward and possibly bossy or the part of them that's straightforward and not afraid to ask for what they want. The part of them that's not people pleasing. There's a part within that human being that also wants to be straightforward and wants to be liberated from people pleasing. And so in that moment, by feeling triggered by reading an email, um, voila, you're seeing what one of your shadow sides is. The list is endless. Like even jealousy, if you're feeling jealous about something and someone else is um, being a, a vehicle for that jealousy for you. Um, and you're coming face to face with maybe your insecure side or, you know, if someone may be like, mm, really in their sexuality and you judge that, you know, there's a lot of that. What, what happened recently with the Super Bowl and Shakira and Beyonce and all these people just got it so upset about them reclaiming their sexuality. Like there's something within everyone that was upset at that halftime show that's neglecting their own sexuality. So by being triggered by seeing Shakira and Beyonce having a great time with their, with their flesh and sexuality and bodies and womanhood and people neglecting that, shaming that, judging that their own shadow 
is the part of them that could be a Beyonce, totally uninhibited from loving the skin they're in. How does that land? No, I love that. And I'm actually just thinking because I'm actually – my background is French and um, we quite often uh, will always compliment on beautiful women, like especially if they're – you know, especially in France. France, things have changed, times have changed and women don't – I guess, you know, dress the way they used to. Um, So when we see my mum and and myself, when we see a woman dressed beautiful and she looks like a woman and not trying to look like a man, um, we always compliment that. And it's interesting how people look at us or make comments of us uh, complimenting or admiring other women and it, it's I think it's it, it goes back to I guess what you're saying if if that's a shadow aspect where you're not actually comfortable in your own skin or whatever that may be um, absolutely you'll hear other you know other people will have their own um, their own words or their own um, understanding about a way a woman should behave or a way a woman should act uh, or the way they should look, which I think is really sad these days that we can't be comfortable in our own skin. I have to say that even myself, I work in uh, a lot of corporations. I'm conscious about what I wear when I'm in front of a group of people. Mm. Um, So I think that, you know, sometimes we wear different personas depending on our environment. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah. And and again, that's a form of a container. Mm. You know, even if we have a shadow doesn't mean we have to publicly go into it. It's like, what is the the texture of the shadow? Right? Like, and a lot of the work can be done inner, like within you can, you can be someone I have a lot of clients who are since the work that I do is around energetics and, and archetypes and feminine, masculine, all that. I attract a lot of clients who are um, women who deeply want to come back to touch with their feminine and they have traditionally very male dominated jobs like, um, an engineer or a lawyer. Um, I've worked with, with several, several engineers and, you know, they have a craving to go into their feminine and, and sometimes some of the assignments we, we have them do is to dress that way. It might include that. It might include putting on that lipstick. It might include wearing something a little brighter. Um, not always, though. Like, you can have the the energetics of lipstick and a dress while wearing boots and having grease all over your body. It really doesn't matter. Sometimes dressing those certain ways or speaking certain ways, like maybe you want to play with your language and talk a little bit more like a like a valley girl because that helps you access your valley girl dits. Like, you know, there's all these different tools we can use to go into these different pieces of us. I've had another client use that. She works in finance and she always talks. Uh, she's really careful around how she talks because she doesn't want to sound dumb. But because her shadow side is dumb, it's not like I had her go into the work and then go into her workplace and act that way. But I did have her go into a grocery store in pigtails and ask people, where's the cucumber? <laughs> and like be seen as a ditz to embrace that side of her because her nervous system says, I have to avoid looking dumb or being a ditz at all costs. I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. Like her body literally thinks I'm being chased by a cheetah if I am seen as dumb. 
So by creating a little art out of it, by wearing pigtails and going in and actually embracing dumb in a container, it's a practice. It's, it's total time of that whole little experiment is 10 minutes in the grocery store out, get, get in the car, take out the pigtails, you know, you're back to normal. But doing that helps her just touch and access that part of her that's so terrified of being seen that way. So we don't have to do all this stuff like where it matters most. You don't have to go into your workplace if you're an engineer and wear lipstick every day or embrace the side of you that is valley girl, ditz, dumb blonde, uh, gopi energy whenever you're at a meeting that something is on the line. But you can have the energetics. Once you touch that energy that you're neglecting, it becomes a part of you. You don't have to access it intentionally anymore. That's the cool thing. Like I really struggled with jealousy for a whole host of reasons. It's in my lineage, very, very, very deep, the women of my lineage. And I wanted to heal that. I don't like being uh, passive aggressively jealous or unconsciously jealous. I would rather be consciously jealous. So I made a little art out of it. I filmed a little video for, um, I was in this like small group where we did this kind of stuff and I filmed like a jealous video and I just totally played it up. And once I did that, I became like the jealous, the jealous Janet of me became in me. Like I no longer felt like it needed to be repressed. The jealous part of me was safe. The jealous part of me was also just not needed anymore because I finally welcomed her in. So our shadow sides aren't always things we're going to have to work on day in, day out. Sometimes one powerful practice will touch it fully and then you're on in the next shadow, in the next thing, because there are an endless amount. But we don't always have to be in the same one. Mm. And I'm sure as um, I'm listening to you speak, I'm sure our listeners are thinking, okay, I can true relate to some of the shadow uh, points that you've brought up. So how do one stop, uh, how does one stop uh, getting caught in the loop of those emotions? Because we've all been there. We've all been there uh, where we get caught in this little storyline and we know that that's our shadow. What's the trick? How do we get ourselves out of that loop? Well, going back to what I said, so do you mean just like if you're like, if, give me an example so, so I can be so really for, specific. Yeah, with it. sure. When you were saying that sometimes your shadow could be like somebody, you know, being very straightforward and saying what they want, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you might then, uh, it could be, let's say me, I'll be looking at that individual going, oh my God, they're um, mm-hmm. uh, so selfish. And, you know, all they think about yeah. is themselves. And, you know, I start going down this storyline. And then so all I ever see uh, is that selfishness in that individual. And so it, it has a ripple effect. So how does one, Got from it. an Got emotional it. point of view, how do we stop feeling, thinking, and seeing that individual in that light? Oh, well, we don't want to stop that. So that that's number one, is you can see them, you can see them like that as much as you want. The, the My number one thing is do not neglect that. That's part of you. That's you, like... Um, so this morning when I, when I was, I was upset with something, what I did is pulled out my mat and I screamed every profanity and every primal deep gut, belly, bottom of the heart, emotion, sentence, feeling I possibly could. I went into becoming like, if you can imagine if a, a 
um, a rhinoceros is like a human for a day and just mad at everything. Like I allowed myself to enter that territory. That's the key that most people don't get. We try to bypass over that and say, how do I become, uh, you know, how do I never feel mad at anyone? Or how do I feel super untriggered or calm? And, and meditation is one of the ways. So we don't just do one or the other. I want to make that really clear. We do both. We do the masculine practice of meditation. Then we also do the feminine practice of chaos. They're both important. They cancel each other out and they help make us create our own baseline. But if you feel triggered, if you're mad, you're like, what the heck? Why did this person just say that? Go create a container of three to five minutes and let it all out. Touch it fully. Say the things you want to say. Express what it is that you want to feel because for women in particular, we never do that because we're trying so hard to be good girls. We're trying so hard to never be the person who looks down on someone else, never be the person who judges someone. The only way I feel my body is clear as a container to serve people powerfully is because in the privacy of my own home, I give myself full permission to feel whatever it is I need to feel, to feel mad, to feel angry, to feel jealous or grief or rage or elation and ecstaticness and, and sexual and sensual and every part of being human. So the container aspect is the most important piece to your question here. That's how we stop the cycle, the cycle. Because last night, like, it's just so timely because I had this moment where um, there's this one particular person in my life that I've kept in my life and consistently triggers me in a certain way. And this Last night, I noticed some of the, the spiraling thoughts was, was happening. And this morning, I said, you know what? The reason why the spiral is happening is because I haven't touched how I feel about this fully. I haven't acknowledged myself for this. I haven't like allowed myself to be basically an inner child and just get mad. I've been just immediately being like uh, you know, a patriarchal parent, basically. Like, don't be mad. Stop it. Stop it. Get over it. And that's what caused the cycle because we don't want to stop it until we touch it. So then laying out that my mat and like getting on all fours and pounding my fists and screaming to rage against the machine and saying, F yeah, like whatever comes up for five minutes, I was exhausted at the end. And I'm by myself. It's not like this is going on YouTube. It's for me to release that black, cloudy ugh, that's blocking me. And then when I touched it fully, I haven't like thought about it all day. Because I finally got embodied with it. If people just took that one piece from this podcast, your life will be forever changed. Forever. And I do this with clients and it's astounding at how hard it is to for anyone to say anything mean or bad or quote bad or express their feelings because so many people struggle to see themselves as someone worthy of taking up space in that way, worthy of being angry. And, and so giving yourself an opportunity to, to, to feel and feel that anger, to feel that grief, feel the sadness. Mm. It's such a, it's, it's such a way it, it's such, it's such a gift of self love. That's the path to self love, not by immediately giving yourself a bubble bath, 
but like saying the things that you know you feel deep down, just giving yourself full permission and validation. I love that. So you're embracing the shadow um, and this the way that you get out of the loop is actually have that uh, container. So give yourself the space and the time to actually express yourself to the fullest potential. For me, I'm just trying to look at how do we then learn from the shadow? So for example, if I go back to the example of me looking at someone going, wow, you're so selfish. Um, is that my shadow pointing out to me saying, Catherine, you need to be a little bit more selfish or self-full? I don't think saying you need to be any way is, is what it is. It's more like if you go, oh, she's so selfish, like she, um, she just wants, 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 like never enough for her. She's greedy. She's like American. She's a consumer. She wants, 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 wants. That's a place for you to get curious, not needing to be any more way, but rather what does that mean in my own life? What's my relationship like with being unsatiable? Um, do I, do I personally feel like I have a cap on how much I'm allowed to want? Do I neglect my own wants? Do I try to be reserved with my wants? Do I think a woman who has lots of wants is X, Y, Z? Um, and how does that extend into my relationships or my sexuality? Cause like, you know, if you're not allowed to want, 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 then you may not be fully allowing yourself to be insatiable with your sexuality. Like you may be cutting that off too, or you might be, um, overextending yourself for your friends, right? A woman who I use women, it's like anybody. I just, I have a habit of saying women because I teach a lot of women, but if it's, if it's a man or whatever, if there's someone who is, um, selfish, most likely they have really intense boundaries too. Maybe not. I mean, the way that I mean that is that, um, they don't give, 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 give their time. They're probably more like, I need help. I need more love. I need this. Me, 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 me. Really self-centered, which doesn't necessarily mean you need to be more self-centered, but there might be some part of you that's always giving, 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 and like kind of a martyr. And so you, a martyr would get very triggered by a selfish person because a martyr's entire identity is built off of being selfless to the point of self-sacrificing. So that's another question. Is there a way that, you know, I, I'm a martyr in my life. If I get triggered by someone that's selfish and totally not a martyr, where in my life might I be a martyr? So it's an exploration. It's a time to get curious and all of this, you know, it can happen on your couch. You can realize that you're triggered by someone in an instance and just like sit for a moment and think, Hmm, what, why is that triggering me? Like, that's so interesting. Like, what is that? What is that relationship? What is my relationship with that quality in my own life? And by simply allowing yourself to acknowledge it, maybe express it in a container, maybe create some art out of it, you begin to heal it. That's the path to healing, at least in my lineage of work. Mm, I love it. I could relate to it. I'm, I'm very giving and I do quite often, I hear myself or get triggered by others when they, uh, for example, just, you know, for uh, as simple as uh, what we're currently going through, um, you know, I will, if I go shopping and there's a couple of things and my sister does the same thing on the shelf, I'll think about others. And then when I'll, 
um, you know, because obviously there's there's a shortage of certain supplies, I then think, why can't other people think about the elderly? And, you know, I start going down that loop myself um, because I'm very selfless. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it is that it's it's about being more curious and playful uh, why I'm getting triggered uh, as I do, which is yeah. relatable with what you're saying. Yeah, such a timely question there. And, and, and also it's important for you to allow yourself to feel triggered. Like mm. it's all of it. It's like, I'm, oh, I'm triggered. Why, like, why, why are these people not thinking about others? Like, that's how I feel when I watch what's happening on Miami at the beaches. I'm like, God, you guys are so stupid. You don't care about anybody. Ah. You know, like I just get so upset when I see all these people partying on the beach saying like, I don't care if I get coronavirus. Yeah, you don't care, but you're going to be killing other people. That's right. Like I'm, I'm feeling, I'm mad. It makes me mad. It makes me expressive. I want to emote. And so that's why I put out my mat and I pound my fist and I rage and I, I validate it and I make it okay. And then I ask also these questions on the other side of like, when have I been dumb? <laughs> when have I been selfish? When have I only thought about myself? Yeah, probably whenever I was 19. You know, probably if I, and, and like what circumstances would I be put in that? If I didn't have parents who told me, no, this is not okay. You must stay at home. You're not going out for spring break. If I didn't have guidance, maybe I'd be in the same position because we're all capable in the right circumstances of being like that, being the person who orders a hundred rolls of toilet paper and nobody has any left. Mm. If your entire lineage was from starvation and famine and you're used to living on the streets and you have this one opportunity to get all the toilet paper rolls, if that was your life, you probably would do it, but it's not your life. And so therefore our brains can't understand that. We're like, what, why would you do such a thing? You know? So it's on both sides of the coin. It's really important to allow yourself to feel rage and, and nah, anger. And then also question what circumstances would lead me to do those same things? Like, how could I possibly do that? Because at the end of the day, we're all part of the same big bulb of consciousness. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So true. Um, Maddie, there is also another question I had in mind. You were talking about archetypes and I heard you mention jealous Janet. So when you're talking Mm. about archetypes, are you talking about your own sort of suite of archetypes where you've named them when certain emotions come up or are we talking about the Carl Jung archetypes? Hmm. I love that you caught on to that. Um, I typically just, I, I, I rotate between some that are, are, no, the short answer is I make up stuff. I make them up. When I see a unique character, I decide it's an archetype. I don't really do the Carl Jung ar- archetypes. It's like whatever is coming up for me. For example, um, I worked with the archetype of Courtney Love. (laughs) Courtney Love is like not afraid to make people mad. And coming from a a history of really trying to people please, I'll watch Courtney Love videos, like the best of, the best moments of Courtney Love on stage where she's like not afraid to be exactly who she is and make people mad and fans either love her or hate her. And she just is her through and through. To me, she's an archetype. She's definitely an archetype. And, and, and so I might, I might see another character on a show like Breaking Bad has many archetypes, almost every character on there. You know, that better call Saul guy. I think he's such an archetype. Um, he's such an archetype. If you just study the characters on that show, they're all so unique. And when you think of those characters, you know, you know who they are. There's another one 
uh, I was talking to someone yesterday. I have a client and she, she, um, she like deeply, and she's very similar to me in, in this way, like having a partner who is really financially, uh, abundant, like in their mindset, but also like li- realistically, like they have a partner that makes good money as much as we do, at least is important to both of us. And there's a part of her that was like kind of battling with that, like, oh, but I'm supposed to be supposed to be a good girl who loves people only for their heart and not supposed to care about their financial success. And we worked through the realistic side of this of like, you know, it's important to, to know what you love because whatever it is in a relationship that makes you feel secure is actually going to make you the best version of you. So it's a gift for you to be with people who make you feel secure because only then can you go into your unique flavor of the feminine, which is lighthearted and, and joyful. And I gave her the archetype of that. There's this show. Have you ever seen 90 day fiance? No. Cuts I have. So it's like, it's like the show that people get these visas and they have 90 days to work it out in America to see if they want to be together. And I'm watching one of the seasons and there's a lot of women on this particular season that are only with these men so that they get American money. And these women, like there's one from Ukraine that's been quote dating this guy for five years and he's been sending her $800 like a week and he's never met her, but he's head over heels for her. And she's just like taking, it's, it's terrible, 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 terrible. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that woman is totally an archetype of just like, I'm so beautiful. I'm just going to take all of your money and uh, that's all I care about. And I'm going to use my my beauty however I want. Like archetypes are little pieces of extremes. Doesn't mean we become that. But when we start adding up all of the extremes out there and having these inspirational sources to, to get it from that are kind of creative, it makes one big, very big baseline. Like just freedom freedom because there's also the archetype of of uh, mother teresa you know mother teresa is an archetype of giving 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 and then you have the opposite so we play with the light and we play with the dark and then sometimes i use the very traditional archetypes of like queen sorceress goddess um then deities kalima or i have this egyptian picture of sekhmet which is like a goddess of war and destruction but also healing and love so I make up any, like, I think anything can be an archetype and I find it a lot more fun actually to make life a game of finding my own archetypes out there and using other singers, celebrities, actors, movie characters, goddesses, deities as my own archetype collection. Oh, I love it. So do you actually draw on the energy or the power of these archetypes when you need uh, that particular superpower? Hmm, it's a good question. I don't have a meditation practice like some people. I know many people are like, they'll meditate on Kali. They'll meditate on the queen energy. I have always been a very creative soul. I was like born out of the womb trying to write books um, and write poetry. And, and for me, I really just think about it. And then something within me feels eased, like easeful. The minute I think about I'm about to get on a podcast or something or um, or I'm just feeling triggered because I don't feel perfect. If I just think about Courtney Love, I'm just like, you know what? It's okay. 
everything's okay. And ultimately that's what I'm trying to access is the feeling of it's okay. Just like self-love, forgiveness, compassion, ease, and let's move on. And for others, I know a lot of people have very legit practices where they will print out photos or, you know, have a whole collage or vision board of energies they want to access or write stories about them, meditate on them, do sound healing with them. And those are all valid, beautiful ways to access those energies as well. Mm, I love that. You on your um, when I had a read through your website, I love the fact that you were also talking about making friends with darkness. Do you want to unpack that a little bit? Well, it's kind of what we talk about the whole time. Yeah, the shadow. Yeah, it's the same thing. Okay, it's a shadow. Yeah. Okay. No, because I mean, darkness can you know one word has many meanings to many people, and so shadow, yes, absolutely. But when we're talking about darkness, it could be uh, you know something completely different. So that's why I was actually curious. Did you were you talking about the shadow, or were you talking about those unwanted? well, it's and any. I guess it's the shadow, isn't it? Unwanted sides of ourselves that we don't want to tap into, or unwanted emotions, or how do we deal with things like those? What you may perceive as dark, um, shame, guilt, anger, whatever that may be. So I was, I was curious whether you, what, which way were you leaning towards? More of the emotional side of things or the shadow side of things? Uh, emotion it's the same thing it's the same exact it's the same exact thing like because the shame is shame is going to be your shadow your shadow your darkness grief Mm. for some people is sometimes grief grief is just darkness and not a shadow so it is also possible that in your body when you go into grief you totally embrace grief so it's not a shadow necessarily Mm. shadows are the part we really don't want to embrace and for some people grief is really easy to access where anger is not so grief and anger are both emotions but maybe anger only is a shadow and then grief is um not a shadow it's just an emotion um but you know so it's it's somatics as well you know it in your body when I, when I say going into darkness for me, like this is going into the parts we don't want to feel Yeah, that that's, what's dark to me. I feel sad often. I don't mm. consider that my darkness. I actually consider that to be a lot of light. Um, something about touching my sadness really, really brings, it brings me closer to feeling alive. It brings me closer to feeling the collective pain in the world, which is also intimately connected to feeling my purpose and in the feminine like mm. right now there's so much collective I just can't even go in right now it's just, just so, so many things to unpack about what's happening right now but I know there's so much there's so much um darkness in a way happening right now with with deaths and a virus like darkness like a virus yeah that's very dark but also collectively we can see there's it's attached to so much lightness yes less pollution um less consumerism more care for our elderly more care for our brothers and sisters more calls more connection is happening in the social distancing i think more than ever so sometimes darkness is lightness too yeah that's right and then shadow shadow is like man we don't want to feel that that doesn't feel good but it's it's all it's all like revolving in the same human being you know it's all part of the same human being and like going into these places it just always serves such a powerful purpose Mm, absolutely and I agree I mean with all of this 
happening and and it's just the other day I was having a conversation with another woman and uh she was going on and on about the the negative aspects but I was saying but if we were to look at what what are the positive aspects and have a look at what's happening with you know our mother earth and um you know we're more uh concerned about our elderly and our families and and I see that there is a lot of light in this as much as there is dark absolutely Absolutely. I mean, this is the, this is the, this is the feminine. What we're experiencing is the ultimate version of the feminine. It's chaos. It's chaos. It's the feminine. This is part of the divine feminine rising. So we can say, we've heard a lot of that this year, like divine Mm. feminine rising emotions. Like that's all part of the feminine, but also the feminine is destruction and it's chaos and it's spreading. And it's the only way I think our culture, our world was going to stop, drop, and roll is through this exact thing. I do not think anything else could get the entire world to stop and go inside and stop planning. I mean, our calendars are empty because we don't know what we're going to be doing in two weeks. Everything we thought was important is crumbling. We're having to look at what's left. We're having to face our feelings. People who have been avoiding grieving for so long are now left alone in their homes by themselves having to face their grief. It is a calling and it's also a a, a saving. I think this is saving us. It's saving our planet and deaths are happening and it is dark and it is painful and it is so scary. But feeling the fear is actually what is a part of the feminine process, feeling fear and then realizing what's important, realizing we can, we can stop we can stop, we can pause, we can breathe, and we're going to be okay remembering what matters and letting our planet heal itself for a bit while we just go inside. Mm, so true. And I think that also, you know, uh, the start of the year, it's a new area, a new door, a new century, and there's these rare alignments. Um, I, I study astrology and these some of these alignments have you know, haven't happened for 735 years. So, but it's, you know, a real cleansing. It's, it is a completely new paradigm and we are going to be uh, awake and live our life very differently after all of this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So Maddie, as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? (sighs) Personal brand. Mm. Oh. Oh. So many words. I would have to say, I'd say, I'd say warm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious to see what word would come up because I, I actually do think there's so many words you could choose um, <laughs> because you're very, I think, a very col- colorful uh, spiritual individual and I love what mm. you do and um, and I'm sure our listeners will too and one last question as we wrap up the show is we always love to ask a woman of inspiration to pick three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners so that could be like three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our audience three practical exercises mm. I would say start making start making your own sensual sacred playlists as a practice. Like slowing down with your music and actually creating playlists based off of your many 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 different emotions 
and being intentional with it. I think this is a really cool, not often mentioned practice of curating songs that help you go into your emotions, like having a playlist that's for like soft, sensual embracing of yourself, having a playlist that helps you access grief, having a playlist that helps you access jealousy. One that I have a playlist that helps me access the part of me that's immensely let down by men. <laughs> like when I put it on, it's like, um, it's just like raging, like these raging groups of women that are singing songs and it's just like, you let me down again, you let me down again. And I'm like, put that on. And I just totally go into that and then I'm done and I felt my feeling. So I think that's, that's one practice. Um, I would say, um, you know, I've, since I learned this from one of my teachers, I do Wim Hof breathing and it really helps me go into my masculine because there is so much feminine emotion going on that going and having a practice to balance that out is really important. So having Wim Hof has been really helpful. I'm sure you could just Google that online. Um, it's just a breath, like, <sighs> that's it. And I do like 30 rounds and, um, hold it at the bottom when I breathe out and then hold it at the top and then, uh, breathe a little normally and then repeat. Um, and then my third one would be to, hmm, something around like, uh, I don't know why I'm thinking of the word unsubscribe, just like unsubscribe from things. It just, there's so much, especially right now with the mm. coronavirus, there's just so much noise going on of like, everyone has everything virtually. So while we're all going inside and we're taking a pause now more than ever, we can actually do anything we ever want to do because it's all on our computers. Mm. Um, and so there's a lot of inboxes that are very full with discounts and promo offers, and it's going to be really hard not to take advantage of everything. So during this time, I'm just deleting almost every email that comes in or unsubscribing unless I see something that I'm really like, oh, yeah, that looks like community. That looks like it would fill me up. I want to join that Zoom call. I want to join that, which is rare. It's few and far in between. I have to be selective about it. So I think a practice to protect yourself is unsubscribing so you can really truly be with your, your feelings, yourself, your own ideas. Besides this podcast and my podcast, of course, we want to stay subscribed <laughs> to those. But like in general, letting letting some fluff stuff go and letting yourself just feel what is coming up for you. Because we, we if we don't get bored, we can't be creative. You just can't. You can't. Yeah. You have to be bored to be creative. It's part of the of the creation process. And we can't be bored if we're constantly signing up for everyone else's other stuff. Mm. I love that piece because – I'm finding that at the moment and it, being in Australia, we had that as well with the fires. It's like, I can't tell how many emails I was receiving on a daily basis. Like we, uh, you know, jump on this webinar, jump, we're giving this away. It's like, I haven't heard from these people forever. And now that there's a fire, I'm hearing from you. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I'm finding that at the same, uh, with this whole chaos that's taking place right now, um, the same thing. So I love the fact that you said unsubscribe, because I think that we need to sit with ourselves. We need to do that deep work we need to do the reflection we need to do the shadow work uh, we need to read we need to write we need to whatever but we need to go within mm -hmm. so yeah that. like yeah it's only only humans would find a way to still do every single thing possible well I mean it's good too it's great I'm not saying it's bad it's good it's about time people caught up with up to speed with zoom and using online virtual classes but like 
it's also up to us as individuals to to be the one to say no. Mother Nature is asking something of us. I'm not going to keep doing the same old thing that happened pre-virus. This is now post-virus, and I'm going to listen to the call because we don't want her to find a whole nother way to finally get us to, t- to learn this lesson That's right. of slowing down. Mm, so true, so, so true. So, Maddie, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? Yeah, so you can find me on my website, maddymoon.com, M-A-D-D-Y, moon.com. But I am most active on um, Instagram, where you can find me at Madeline Moon, M-A-D-E-L-Y-N, Moon. And my podcast, which is on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. It's called Mind Body Musings, no commas or anything like that. And I would love to hear from y'all. Let me know how you liked this episode. Maddie, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom and your time, your energy. You're a, oh, you're a superhouse. It's, you're amazing. So thank you so, so very much. Thank you. I so appreciate your questions and for having me on today. It's been a treasure. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you, so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift, where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplanner.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Katherine That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.